Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and joining me this evening, um, got a creative um, of, from many different fronts. Um, he's a DJ, musician, uh, content creator, brand specialist. Um, he's done a lot of uh, different things in the industry. Um, he's now living on the West Coast. Um, I'm excited to get to Good to know him, uh, talk about his passions in our stream, why he does what he does. Thank you for joining me tonight, Jake Malt. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. How are you doing this evening? Doing well, man. Had a good day of relaxing and uh, did a little bit of hiking. Plenty of mountains, plenty of things to see out here, so we'll keep it busy. Awesome, man. Yeah, that, that sounds very tranquil right about now. Definitely. Yeah. Um, where, uh, where in the West Coast are you located? Uh, I'm in Bend, Oregon right now. So um, it's about an hour and a half, two hours from Portland on the other side of the, the Cascades. So um, it's a high desert type of climate here and a uh, really cool area, cool people, a lot of adventures to be had. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I remember I went to Oregon when I was like 10. And did like Crater Lake and Cannon Beach, and yeah. I, was, I remember having a ton of fun. Yeah, those are definitely some of the spots that are awesome to see. But there's so many like little, little waterfalls, little mountains, cool hikes, everything around here. Like you can go any direction and find something to adventure into. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely many beautiful spots in Wisconsin. Like it is a pretty beautiful state, uh-huh. but. Oregon's like a def, a, a different kind of beautiful, and I definitely want to make it out there sometime. Sure, yeah, hit me up if you come out this way. Yeah, I certainly will. Um, yeah, so uh, what we talk about, Jake, uh, on Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity, and um, yeah, uh, I, I, I've like kind of known of you for a while, um, just like seen like that you know you were a dj um in in the milwaukee Mm -hmm. for a while um and uh, actually i think the first time someone mentioned you um was uh willie humbles actually yeah for sure yeah yeah shout out willie yeah willie's dope um i had a class with him at at a in uwm and uh yeah, he's been on the show a while. He was on the show like a long time ago, but um, he did mention you in that episode. Um, mm-hmm. But but otherwise, you know, I've I've just seen that you do a lot of different kinds of stuff, and um, I guess we can start with: um, Are you originally from Milwaukee? Um, I tell people a lot that I was born and raised in Bangladesh, but I grew up in Milwaukee. If that makes sense. So I um, did a lot of growing up there, and went to school there. So I was there for about four or five years. I lived in Milwaukee, but I've lived all over Wisconsin. Um, this is the first time that I've ever really moved out of state. So <clears throat> quite the leap to go to the West Coast. Nice. Yep. Um, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, I think at first it was like, you know, wanting to be an astronaut or um, pilot, cool shit, like that. 
I always like music too. I mean, in videos and like mounting random toys, like it was a guitar. So, um, being a musician was always something that was kind of like in my brain as what I wanted to do. Yeah, I, uh, I I wanted to be a movie star when I was when I was a kid. Um, yeah, um, dream big from a young age. You know, astronaut. That's a good one. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. I'm still there. If, we, if I could get into outer space, that could be pretty cool. Yeah, man. I wonder. Like, I've been as, trying to ask people that. Like, if you had the chance to go in outer space, would you actually? Um, I don't know. I feel like I would do it. I, I, I'm, I would be terrified too, but I would be absolutely like, I feel like that would just be something that, you know, it would just be so cool to say you did, you know, like in your lifetime, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Um, it's an adventure that I think, uh, is cynical. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Um, so, uh, when did you kind of get your start with, uh, music? Uh, I was in a band when I was 15. Started playing bass guitar for a band called Tangling Clockwork, and I was in that all four years of high school. And then, um, joined a different band in senior year of high school called, um, What Lies Ahead. And I also had, like, my solo project and stuff where I do more acoustic um songwriting and playing um but yeah when i was even when i was young like 16 17 i started throwing shows at at our local church and crafting these ways where we could bring in uh, a different crowd and do cool things um so i've kind of like been bent in my genres uh since a young age and now we kind of never fit at thermal, but <clears throat> I always enjoyed throwing shows and being involved in that side of things. So that kind of like sprawled into what I've done in uh, in the music career aspect. Also, like uh, like playing music and performing is one aspect, but also setting things up and getting things going for shows is also something I really enjoy doing. Um, what kind of like um, styles of music like were you playing? Like both in bands but also um by yourself yeah uh in bands it's kind of like post hardcore metalcore type stuff when i was playing them um, like acoustic emo stuff dashboard confessional type brand new type stuff um but I mean, I, I like it all. I like all types of music. I was really into like pop and pop punk. Uh, um, back in those days, that was the one type of band I really wish I, I could have made happen. Um, but the metal metalcore scene was so huge and we were pretty good at what we did. So uh, definitely had a, a fun go of it back then. Um, and then you became a ROMS at one point. Um... So, mm -hmm. I mean, that, I take it, just came from your last name? Yeah, definitely. It was a nickname that I, that I came up, I think, in middle school or high school or something, and then really stuck, because, like, one of my first jobs, there's another Jake working there, and they're like, do you have a nickname? Because we can't have two Jakes in here. They're like, 
we were yelling out orders and whatnot. And so it was like, I went by Rams and that stuck. And I was known by, known as Rams by a lot of people before I even started the thought of becoming a DJ. Um, and like five years ago, four or five years ago, I got my first controller and started messing around with it. Obviously knew some basics of music theory and, and how to mix music. Um, but now it's gotten to a completely different level and really enjoy playing shows and DJing all different types of music for people. Um, it's really hard to like define myself as one genre or that I enjoy spinning one type of genre because I think that there's a time and place for for everything. You know, if you're going to set like house music and tropical house music is super dope. If you're, inside of a cave playing some kind of like low lit type of set obviously going to play different types of music and playing to the crowd too a little bit um it has to be a good balance playing for yourself and also playing for the crowd that you're in front of too keeping them interested yeah totally um yeah like uh what kind of uh where would you typically uh do your sets at um yeah it's like what were some places you did uh as rounds yeah. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I played when I first started, it was just house parties and stuff. So it's like after parties, little things, little get together. Um, and that was floating around vibe that I was really enjoying and that I liked. Some of it was like prepared and it was like, here's your set time. Sometimes it'd just be, I'd show up and people would ask me to play. So I think that that aspect was really cool starting out. Um, but I've played at the mid, I've played at the Miramar, I've played at Liquid plenty of times. Um, I mean, there's some pretty well-known venues around the Midwest. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I got blown out to Vegas, a party out there. And so there's just been like a little accumulation of different venues and different places that have happened. Oh yeah, dude, that's dope. Um, so um most of uh so have you like lived in madison too then mm -hmm. yeah i was in madison for about two two and a half years before i moved out here so um and obviously had a lot of different cool opportunities in the music industry there that uh turned into some some cool shows and cool events that we we got to do um but yeah, so an accumulation of living in, in Milwaukee and Madison, I really got to see what the state was all about. Yeah, man, Wisconsin parties. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, no, no matter where you're at, even Green Bay, Appleton, like, there's so many good parties there, for sure. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, and there's, like, a, so, so many DJs out here these days. But, you know, I like how a lot of DJs mm -hmm. all do something different. You know, like mm -hmm. everyone has like kind of their own pool of influences that they pull from. But, you know, DJs are a lot of times just some of the like, it's like most, you know, fun people to just kick back and chill with too. Because, you know, they get energy from those like, uh, you know, crowd dynamics and stuff like that. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, some of, my, some of my best friends are also DJs. and um, I never thought of other DJs as like competition. I've always thought we all do this craft differently. And that's what's so interesting because like you play guitar or you play 
you play drums, like there's pretty like standardized throughout and most people can kind of trade those techniques and, and train each other. But with DJing, it's kind of like, you got to find out what works for you and how your brain works and be able to use um, the tools that you have in front of you properly. And to be able to read a crowd and, and read energy is a whole different level of that. But I mean, playing shows since I was 15, like I've always enjoyed that. And never really enjoyed like the spotlight or like, you know, like the feeding of the ego type shit. I've always just really enjoyed being able to like sh showcase what I enjoy doing and like a nerdy way. I've always enjoyed that aspect. So it's like, it's kind of twofold. It's a double-edged sword. Cause obviously with the, the popularity with people talking about you, it comes like the drama and the bullshit too, but I try to keep myself out of that and I keep myself clear of, um, you know, to keep the energy clean and, and be able to read energies properly. Yeah, yeah. Like when your intentions are pure, like you just kind of naturally avoid all of that competitive shit, which is nice. Um, and like, I, mean, I, I, I feel you on like the nerdy aspect of it too, because I mean, like, dude, like I'm weird as shit, and uh, but I, <laughs> but you know, you gotta, you just kind of, you gotta kind of just bask in that after a while, you know, and yeah, like, even make it like you can make a part of like your brand or like what you are what makes people connect with you like in you know like an eccentric kind of way like, i feel like most creatives are weird you know because they mm -hmm. see the world in a different way where it's like you know i want to actually make something of my own out of this world you know like i don't want right. i don't want to just take it in for like how it is like i want to like you know, figure shit out on my own by doing something like artful, you know? And so, yeah, I. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think artists doing it for themselves, you know, like doing the art because they enjoy the art of it versus doing it for popularity or for money or for fame. Um, I think that obviously if they come along with it, cool. Um, but different people handle differently. Um, so I think, you know, a true, true artist shouldn't have to worry too much about those aspects into their craft. Um, and I think, I think everybody's an artist, truthfully. Like, I think there's so many different types of art, um, you know, brewing beer or with different things that you can do in life that figure out deeper. So there's things that transcend throughout, you know, I think everybody should somewhat see themselves as an artist because Yeah, yeah. Like I I totally I wholeheartedly agree, you know, art is it's subjective. Man, I had a pastry chef on here one time, you know, like he was an artist. He was an artist, okay? Like, you know, right. food is art, right? Yeah. 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 So yeah, man, totally. So um so like uh what what brought you out to uh, the West Coast? Uh, I think just a kind of a string of events kind of pointed me in this direction. Um, I was working three different jobs or had three different things going at the time um, before COVID hit. So pre-COVID, I was exchanging foreign currency at uh, a U.S. bank right downtown in Madison. Really cool job. I was also serving um, at Longhorn Steakhouse. So 
like making some good extra cash there and um, also throwing events and promoting events with Quanto Moss. So like I had three sources of income and was living pretty properly. And then pretty much once COVID hit, that knocked all of those out of the water. Um, travel actually company that I was exchanging foreign currency with, really cool opportunity. Got to meet people that were traveling out of the country. Um, but once COVID hit, that kind of put, a, put an end to that job pretty quickly. Um, really cool company. They ended up paying me like 80% of my salary for like three or four months after COVID started. So that was sweet. Um, but then with serving and, and obviously throwing events, like those things just can all, all fell apart with COVID. So it's been a hard year for everybody. And I, I don't think that I want to like dwell on any kind of like sympathy for that, those types of things. But I, I just figured out the next step in, in my journey. And um, my brother's already out here working for this company called Our Grown, um, their craft cannabis company. Had an opportunity to kind of just slide out here and, and work uh, pretty immediately within the company. And I see kind of a trajectory where um, I could go a lot of different directions within this industry. I think it's just a, a cool opportunity. And um, in general, I think the, the cannabis industry is one that uh, has a lot of positive vibes around it and like uh, positive karma. Like it's obviously like you're helping people and you're giving them a form of medicine, something that helps their brains or helps them cope with things and um, way more holistic than a lot of the, the pharma bullshit out there. So like, I think it's just good karma and good energy. Um, it's really nice environment to be around and cool people that I work with too. So um, just kind of all those things fell together and um, I just felt a lot of weird energies in the Midwest too. And, and I'm getting to that point in my life where I'm like, all right, well, I want to go off and venture and, I want to look back and be like, oh, I just lived in, in these couple of cities my whole life. So, I mean, those cities will never go anywhere. And, and I have a lot of friends and I plan on visiting quite a bit too. I don't plan on just being out here and dropping everything um, into the past from there. But I think uh, I want to find a good balance of kind of staying mobile and staying, staying light wherever I'm going, you know? Yeah, 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 man, that's... That's awesome. Like, that's great that, you know, you kind of, sounds like um, it was long due for a change of scenery, um, mm -hmm. but it sounds like a pretty, like, relaxed and, like, therapeutic uh, atmosphere out there. So that's good. Um, Definitely. I mean, even with COVID out here, I mean, every, everywhere is kind of, like, unrelaxed because of the state of the world, but... Um, do you think getting a good balance of nature is important for everybody? And the more people can get out and, you know, hike and find, you know, their sense of self um, and really work on themselves mentally and spiritually in nature. Like, I think it's, it's really important. And you can do that in big cities. And even in Madison, there's so many awesome parks and places that I go hiking with friends. Um, but yeah, in comparison, I mean, that year is huge mountains, huge waterfalls, huge rivers. Yeah, dude. I forgot about all the waterfalls up there, too. I remember we did that also. You can just drive up to like, mm -hmm. so many freaking waterfalls, and it's awesome. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so tell me about uh, Quantumamas. Um, I know I've heard like about I've heard of them and I'm kind of familiar with what they do, but just for like those that might not know. 
sure. Um, I was about two years ago now. Um, I was just, I was pretty new to the Madison scene and getting acquainted. And I met um, Ben Staff and he was kind of the first one that, uh, that I kind of talked, I've talked to other people about being a manager of mine before in the past. Sometimes it's just really good to have somebody in the middle to negotiate things. Um, but then he brought on, you know, uh, four other DJs quite instantly. And we all met t together like a week after Ben and I had met together. And um, we had just started formulating ideas and, excuse me, ideas on events that we wanted to do, ideas on how we wanted to be different, um, our brand and how we could help each other grow. So it was a really, like, really cool scene right at first. And, um, we threw our first show at Liquid. This was 2000, early 2019, as in January, and like did really well. So it was like we had like 400 kids that came out for the show. It was like great turnout for a local show. An absolute fun with my homies. So then we kind of like just dove, you know, what are we trying to do with this thing? And kind of worked through different ideas um obviously differences came up between different artists and we had a, a huge fall going out and kind of sucked for a while but also kind of used it as a side project it was just something that I put on the back burner and I was like all right well I don't really like do anything with that for right now and um then throwing shows again kind of all over the place in Madison at Nomad um Robinia Courtyard where else did we do? We did a couple different, like, odd, smaller venues in Madison and definitely had, like, a good momentum going again. Um, then COVID hit and it was, like, no more shows could be done. And um, it was really difficult time with that. And then we did a live stream. We brought out another partner. And um, then things got weird again. <laughs> and he started, he brought something up about, um, how we were so different and how we were doing things so properly and nobody else in Wisconsin was doing that. And like, I remember Ben and I were sitting at Chiba Hut, which is a bar in Madison and Ben comes over to me all concerned and he's like, do you see what R you wrote? And like, so I like pull up my phone and see what he wrote. And I was like, all right, let's see where this goes, let's see where this rides out. And um, I, I, I did not stand by his words that it was not about his message. And, Definitely wasn't a cool thing for him to be doing. Um, but like I said, I, I kind of lost a little bit of energy towards the project. I was kind of like letting it see where it was going and using it as a tool for my other projects. Um, and so it, it just kind of kind of fell off at that point and got, got a couple of people pissed off at us. And, um, and I just kind of stepped away and I told Ben I didn't want any more early part of, part of that. And uh, so I, I think, you know, the project for itself is done. I think there's so many lessons learned from it. And I think there's so many um, ideals that I'd like to upkeep from it. Um, you know, love and respect, quantum mindset, that's where we got our name from. Like what we stand for and love and respect are the two things that we really were going for. And uh, I looked it up quickly on my phone and what those words were in Latin. And so how we came up with quantum mass. But uh, yeah, so I mean, like, Obviously not good here for the music industry in general right now and no shows to be had at the moment, unfortunately. But um, I do think that uh, 
in the future, I'll be throwing shows again. I'll be involved in, in that aspect. I don't think it'll be under that name at all anymore. Um, and I think a lot of things will change in, in who I decide to work with and kind of what the motivations and the goals would be. Um, but that's all part of the process too. I think um, I'm, I'm grateful for all the opportunities that we've had and all the things that we've been able to do. Sorry, that's kind of a long-winded answer to it. Oh, no, no, not at all. Thank you for sharing all that. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, like you said, you live and learn and you know, you, we're all kind of navigating this industry in our own way. I mean, I went through that too. Um, I like was part of a, a DIY recording studio for like a year and I was like we thought we were, knew what we were doing and we didn't and yeah you know got to in some trouble and you know relationships can tense up from things like that but you know I think that was a really crucial experience because that mm-hmm. all of us on the right path so yeah um so um yeah so uh tell me about about uh function films which you're uh you, you found right mm-hmm. so function films was more so just an outlet for me to use to like i was always taking videos at, at concerts and um i've had opportunities to be able to be backstage and hang out with artists quite a bit so like there's really cool views and aspects of that that I got to got to have and so a lot of content that I built up over the years and um, you know as, as a marketer I've always kind of thought of how, how I can use this content but I made function films just with the aspect of you know a platform to be able to share those videos with and a cool different angle and perspective for people. Um, definitely plan on vamping that up more so uh, this, this fall and since there's a downtime and a lull with shows. Um, I mean, I have so much content from four or five years of shows that I've been at um, that, you know, I could literally keep posting videos for probably three, six months until I run out. So um, I have that all backed up on a different computer that I actually bring out West with me here. So I don't plan on doing any kind of like releases of content anytime real soon, but I do plan on being more active with that page in, in the future. And uh, my, my vision for it was more so to have like multiple different admins and editors on it and publishers. So like it could be people um, at shows wherever, either um, broadcasting live or or uh, quickly turning around uh, the content they grab from from shows. Um, so the vision was more so that it wouldn't just be myself, it'd be other people that also had cool content they wanted to share and have it just be that that spot that people could go to experience concerts that maybe a they weren't at that night because they're at a different show um or just to be able to see what's what's going on in the industry from different perspectives oh yeah that's really cool um yeah i mean you know make it like a a, a multifaceted network of artists you know best way to do it It's just admiring other artists, you know, what other artists are doing. I really want it to be something where it's kind of like everybody's pushing the envelope for each other, whether it be for music or, or the visual components of shows. Like, I think that things are evolving so rapidly that it's good to stay up to date on who's doing what. Yeah, totally. Um, what was your last uh, concert before COVID? 
Oh man. Uh, so I played at Site 1A like uh, this is probably like a week or two before like the whole actual like quarantine had started. And it's a really cool show. And that's, that was the last time I played. I think the last major show that I went to before that was Charles the First at the Miramar. Um, and then prior to that uh, was the, the, another big one that I went to was a Colliet Liquid. So definitely had a, a cool beginning first part of this year. And then and uh, once COVID hit, it was just like everything in my life somewhat like changed very quick, quickly and rapidly. And I'm sure it did for so many different people, but you know, with my work and social life and things changing there and um, <laughs> and then obviously not being able to go to shows and do the things that I enjoyed doing the most. It was a pretty wild ride. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Um, yeah, the the last show I went to was the week before the shutdown. It was actually Wilco at the Sylvie. So it was in, my last show was in Madison. Um, <laughs> and it was, I remember yeah. it was so packed. It was so packed. Like you, you wouldn't think that there would be this um, nationwide shutdown literally a week after how many people were at that show. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. I, and that venue is so cool too. Sylvie is one of the most most prime spots, and obviously uh, Frank Productions is just, just do it super proper in Madison. Um, but yeah, it's crazy how fast everything changed for all of us. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, and then you also have another thing you do, Remald Media. Like, how is what what's the story mm -hmm. with that one, and like how is it different than functions? Yeah, so that's that's more so just an outlet for uh, creative projects for other people. So it was just a, a page that I wanted to, to highlight uh, logos that I've done for DJs because um, I can do really reasonably priced logos for DJs. And, um, you know, I know what the, the um, video DJs and know what they're looking for. You know, the people doing all the visuals in the background and what they're looking for in a logo. Um, so I, I asked the DJs what they stand for, you know, what they're what they're about and help them creatively come up with an idea for what a good logo would be for their brand and their image. Um, I had opportunities to work in multiple different areas of marketing. Uh, what I went to school for and then as when I actually first moved to Madison, I was representing eight different radio stations there and um, selling advertising to literally any type of business. So I, I would work with within it, all different types of industries and help them out with their web presence and, then, and also with their, their on-air campaigns. So I learned a lot about marketing um, in school and in the real world. And I've always wanted to have that outlet and have you know, the ability to just do it myself. So I just made Rommel Media, um, obviously kind of a simple idea in, in the name. And yeah, it's good shit, man. Uh, how, where'd you, um, where'd you kind of learn how to, your graphic design work? Like, where'd you, how'd you kind of accumulate those skills? Yeah, that's all 100% self-taught. So like what I went to school for was more of like the marketing aspect of business. Um, 
and the graphic design is kind of more so the, the passion of it, what I enjoy doing. And there's a lot more content that I can bring to life and a lot more ideas that I can bring to life through graphic design. So I've been completely self-taught in that regard. Well, not self-taught. I mean, I've spent so many hours watching tutorials and bullshit. Um, it's not just me figuring it out. It's from a multitude of different people, um, but also different programs too. I've, I dove into a lot of different programs just to be able to to create logos, but then also animate logos and do cool things like that. Like that's a whole different aspect and a whole different world of of content. So really important for any brand to stay relevant is to be able to have um, a good solid image and um, something that uh, stands out and really sticks sticks out as like that's who you are. And, um, I've always enjoyed having those conversations with people and, and what their goals were and how to through um, through the graphic design those elements. So yeah, I I agree. You know, yeah, the more fa multifaceted you are, um, and uh, just the, the different facets that your brand has, yeah, like the bigger a, a reach you have and. I've been kind of having to learn that myself too. Mm -hmm. I had to learn all the marketing things like on my own, but luckily I yeah. know a lot more about that than I do. So <laughs> that helps. Yeah. And I think, I think the real world is the best teacher in, in that regard too. Every industry is so different and every industry is changing so quickly and rapidly with technology now too. So it's, it's important to stay relevant. Um, it's also important to, to stay consistent. I think that's the main one is having consistency with your brand over a long period of time is what can draw people back to, to what it is that you're doing. And um, a lot of the, the Rumble Media stuff that I first started doing was just for my own projects. And then, um, you know, I, I saw the plethora of DJs <laughs> in the Wisconsin scene and I just wanted to help them out to be able to have the basics uh, for what they needed to be able to perform and ha having a decent logo goes so far having a clean logo that that people can read if you're even towards the bottom of a poster and having a logo that sticks out and people can read and identify quickly is like a huge part of the whole game so um, mostly just DJs that I, I really like grown to enjoy and be around and hang out with are the ones that, you know, I offer my services to. I've never really gone super out of my way to try to find new clients or anything. It's been a secondary source of income uh, for quite a long time. And um, even right now I have, I think like three or four projects that I'm working on that have been backed up for a little while, but um, you know, with COVID and everything going on, it's like I've, I lost a lot of creative energy and wasn't sure what to do with it. So and the pressure was off because it was like these, these people weren't doing as much either. So um, I think put a lull in a lot of a lot of different areas, the whole the whole pandemic and how everything changed so quickly. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool that you've kind of like, you know, that you haven't really had to search for clients really. Like it's good when you have those like relationships that you've built over the years and that trust and people know what you do, like, people know you for your, um, like, your value, and, like, what you bring to the table, and, like, that's, 
that's super awesome to like have achieved that. So good for you, man. That's that's good shit. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. Yeah, and sometimes I don't, don't really think about it too much or realize how much I've done. But then I think back on it, and I think it's like there's like three or four shows that I went to where they're my homies DJing, and I saw the logo that I made for them, like behind them, and I don't know, some somewhat gratifying to be able to. Like, I help them with that, you know, with making that happen. So yeah. definitely a cool, rewarding thing to be able to do. Hell yeah, man, for sure. Well, Jake, uh, this was dope. It was great getting to know you, man. Uh, I think uh, you do a lot of cool stuff, and uh, yeah, hopefully we can work together someday. Um, that'll be that'll be fun. Um, Sounds good, man. Yeah, yeah. We'll so have to keep in touch, and I'll. I'll let you know if I come up with any ideas for how I can help too. Yeah, man, you bet. So as we're closing out, um, tell me what keeps you up at night. Mm -hmm. Oh man, right now specifically, um, I think uh, there's a lot of light in the world and a lot of hope that that I hope to bring. Um, so it's it's kind of more of a, what keeps me up at night is the things that I want to accomplish more so than things that, that I'm worried about. It's just more so how can I utilize my days properly? And um, I mean, we've, we've all been guilty of being in a rut or being lazy or not working towards our dreams the way we should. And I think that there needs to be a balance in the realistic idea and goals that we have. Um, but yeah, I think there's just so much that I want to accomplish, so much I want to see that like, it sometimes becomes overwhelming for me. And um, it's not that I'm worried or anything. Um, I just always try to make the most of every moment that I can to, to work towards the goals and dreams that I have. Yeah. How about you? Um, it keeps me up at night. Uh, honestly, kind of similar, similar to you. Like, I'm just like kind of um, a chronic, like, uh, overthinker and like I just try to like get a lot I, I'm I'm always constantly worried about like what how we can get everything done that I want to get done like mm -hmm. in like in the right amount of time and that includes like getting episodes done while also you know writing for breaking and entering and you know publishing the new music that comes out in Milwaukee, plus um, making time for my friends, plus like just being able to like just, yeah, like be be a lump and just watch Netflix and just chill. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I, I like, it gets really easy for me to like throw that, that rhythm off because just, my mind is just always going in so many different directions. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I think that uh, the hardest part is always just getting started. Just as long as I can get past that part with every single project I do, like, I know I'll get it done. So, mm -hmm. so um, what, uh, what puts you to sleep, the flip side? Uh, uh, good weed, for sure. <laughs> Hey, you're in the you're in the right uh, place for that. It sounds like yeah, for sure. Being in a state where it's legal is definitely important. Um, 
I'd say also just like accomplishing accomplishing tasks helps me. Um, so kind of a double-edged sword, like keeps me up at night. But then also, if I can say that I accomplished actual feasible goals or feasible steps towards my goals, then yeah, then I I can sleep well at night and know that I like worked hard that day. Um, it's, it's the days where I don't really do anything and I feel kind of lazy and don't get anything accomplished. That's when it's like, it's hard to sleep. And usually that, that means I have too much creative energy and, you know, sit on my computer until 3 or 4 a.m. And I'm so, I'd say it's, yeah, it's kind of the opposite of, of the first one that, uh, that helps me sleep at night. And we are, you and I are very similar. <laughs> You and I are. <laughs> That's what's up, dude. Yeah, and I could tell you know, like, I'm sure we could we could talk for for way longer too. It's like you got a lot of different projects going on too, and I can see a lot of synergies in in what I'm doing and with what you're doing too. So I'd love to chat on on the side and, and dive deeper into what some of your goals are too, and if I can help in any way, I'd, I'd love to. Yeah, I'd love to as well, man. Uh, likewise, let's um. Like you said, let's be in touch. And uh, yeah, man, for sure. Uh, well, thank you again for being on the show. Um, and uh, <laughs> I'll be sure to tag all the links to uh, all your uh, projects and everything. Um, so for everyone watching, uh, be sure to check out uh, Jake Rommel's, uh Rommel Media, as well as uh, Function Films, um, his DJ work as Roms, and uh, yeah, we'll see what he does next. Um, awesome. Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time.